0: Listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: All right, so back at Maverick Stadium here on a sold out, blacked out night here in Logan. BYU comes away and uh, kind of runs away with a 42 to 14 decision. Give you some postgame numbers and some uh, scoring summary type stats before we send you back to BYU Radio and Ben Bagley. Let's give you our scoring plays first All uh, first of all. It was 21-14 to at halftime, and then it was all BYU after the break. So BYU scored three touchdowns in the second half. Utah State was shut out, and BYU, after taking that 21-14 lead, expanded it to 28-14. It came early in quarter number three. Three minutes and 13 seconds into the third quarter with Baylor Romney having replaced Jaron Hall. Well, it was a Micah Simon 11-yard touchdown reception from... Oh, here we go. Wide receiver screen, near side, complete to Simon. Simon to the 10, to the 5. Does he get it? He dives for the pylon. Where's the signal? It doesn't come. He stepped out. No, it comes late. He scored. He scored. There comes the touchdown signal. Micah Simon for six. Well, delayed reaction, we had to wait, uh, but the, it, was a, it was a well-rewarded wait as they uh, signaled, then discussed it, then reviewed it, and then gave BYU the touchdown, uh, 28-14 Cougs. It was a seven-play, 75-yard drive. Then later in the third quarter, BYU with a seven-play, 68-yard drive, and it was capped by brother-to-brother. Romney creeps towards center. Will he take a snap there? He will. Under center, wide receiver, bubble screen inside for a Touchdown! It's the brother act! Baylor to Gunner for the score! 35-14 Cougars, 7-12 to go in the third, and one more touchdown for BYU after a Romney to Katoa, I believe 77-yard catch and run. It was a couple of plays later, Lopini finishing off a 10-play, yes, 99-yard drive. This drive began back at the one-yard line. It took five minutes, and it ended this way. Baylor Romney in the gun with Katoa to his left. The give to Lopini and Lopini gets into the end zone from the six yard line on third and goal from the six. The Cougars are running away from it here in Logan. Ten plays, ninety nine yards, and five minutes off the game clock, and that was the final score of the night for BYU. The final Utah Pork Producers Pigskin scoring summary gave you Katoa for six yards, capping a ten yard, our ten play ninety nine yard drive in five minutes. Off the clock, the pigskin scoring summary brought to you by your Utah pork producers, providing safe, wholesome pork products to Utah families for over 25 years. Visit utahporkproducers.org. BYU sees Jaron Hall play one half and go 12 for 16 for 214. No touchdowns, no picks, but a passer rating of 187.4. He ran seven times, 454 yards, and two touchdowns. Baylor Romney replaces Jaron Hall. Injured late in the first half. Romney goes the whole second half. He goes 10 for 16 for 191. Two touchdowns, one pick. Passer rating of 191.5. He ran four times for 19 yards. He caught a ball for 13 yards. Leading rusher tonight, Sione Finau, 15 for 72, along of 28. Lopini Katoa, the running back, leading receiver. Four for a buck 29 and a long of 77. Jordan Love, 29 of 49, 394. One touchdown, three picks, so a passer rating of 121.2. Gerald Bright ran 12 times for 66 in a score. Jordan Nathan, seven grabs for 133 and a long of 52. Those are the leaders for Utah State. BYU, 639 yards of offense to Utah State's 521. BYU, 418 pass and 220 run rush. The Aggies, 394 pass and 127 rush. BYU, 6 of 11 on third downs. Utah State, 9 for 16. BYU snap 75 plays. Utah State, 82. BYU averaged 8.5 yards per play tonight to Utah State's 6.4. BYU averaged 18.2 yards per completion on this night. Possession time, 35-25 to 25 in BYU's favor. It was really actually 35-14 to Utah State's 24-46. The Aggies almost certainly to remain as the lowest-ranked team in possession time nationally. Takeaways, 5 for BYU. The Aggies had 3. BYU plus 2 in the margin. Another positive turnover margin day and an average starting field position. BYU was plus 3 on the night. The Cougars have now won 14 in a row with the advantage an average starting field position margin. Whew, that's a lot of stuff, Riley. How do you take it all in? What do you think?
2: Boy, you're right. It's And by stuff, it's catches, it's yards, it's turnovers, it's big plays made. Another stat I'd like to point out after, you know, struggling to get any kind of pressure on the quarterback, they sacked Jordan Love twice and had another couple near sacks, right? There was the fumble that was that was a close call, Um that ended up being an incomplete pass, and a lot of other pressure, and just generally a, a good player in Jordan Love making him look uncomfortable. But not to make it about them, this BYU team, I loved Austin Lee's comments, and it was that they're really starting to gel. And we saw flashes of it against Tennessee and USC early in the game, but I I, I feel confident now in saying that after that 2-4 and four start and mm-hmm. those – disappointing letdowns against Toledo and USF this team has turned a corner and you know has very high potential for the remaining games on this season and I can also confidently say heading into a postseason appearance in the ball game
1: and let's uh let's tack one last stat on uh, to what we just talked about and and you mentioned BYU's two sacks right tonight yes Utah State zero Zero sacks. For an offensive line that's still kind of moving some things around and playing a true freshman at right tackle, so kudos to the front five. Good work. Most definitely. Working for two quarterbacks tonight, Jaron Hall. Really three. Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, and Joe Critchlow, who finished this thing out for BYU. And we should note, the former quarterback in high school, Micah Simon, throws a pass for 13 yards tonight in addition to catching a touchdown pass. So good for Micah. All right, much more to come from Logan, but next it's back to BYU Radio in Provo. Ben Bagley standing by with Cougar Postgame Live here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: The clock is at zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, let's join your host, Ben Bagley.
3: Welcome into to Cougar Postgame Live. I am Ben Bagley, and the BYU Cougars within a very impressive 42-14 win over Utah State. The wagon wheel comes back to Provo as the Cougars get her done in Logan. 42-14, the final score of the Cougars. Shutting out the Aggies in the second half, outscoring them twenty-one-zero in the second half, for, for, contributing to the final forty-two to fourteen. But uh, let's get your reaction to tonight's big win over Utah State. Tweet me at Ben Baggs. We'll read some of your comments coming up later in the post-game show. But first, I got a list here. I like lists. Sports fans like lists, so I have put together a list. A bunch of first tonight for BYU and. Stay tuned because we'll get you back to Logan to hear some of the post-game comments from players and coaches as well. But this list of firsts for BYU. First time in three years the Cougars beat the Aggies. The obvious one right off the top. First time in BYU history there's been a brother-to-brother connection on a TD pass. Romney to Romney. First time BYU shut out a team in the second half of a game this season. First double-digit victory of the season. First time this season the Cougars have scored 30 or more points in a non-overtime game. First time this season, BYU's created five turnovers in a game. First time this season ten, since Tennessee, the BYU's outscored their opponents in the fourth quarter. And finally, first time put played three QBs in a game this season. Now, each one of these little firsts, did a big job in contributing to the outcome of the game tonight. Let's start really quickly. Uh, let's start with the Romney-to-Romney Romney connection. Baylor-Romney comes in in the second half after Jaron Hall sustains an injury in the first half on, on his touchdown run. Jaron did not come back into the game. Baylor came in, and the offense didn't skip a beat. Baylor-Romney comes in 10 of 16 for 191 yards, two touchdowns, an INT, a 191.5 QB rating. He was phenomenal. I I t- talking to some BYU guys that they, they questioned, hey, Baylor Romney, does he have a pulse? The guy is just solid. He walks in not shaken in the situation in a big rivalry game. Game still in question at that point and Baylor Romney comes in and delivers and delivers a great performance in the second half. And part of that performance was a touchdown pass to his brother. Uh Gunnar Romney who had a, had four receptions on the night for 45 yards including that touchdown pass uh in the third quarter. You, but maybe more offensively was very impressive for BYU. They put up 639 yards. They passed for 418, rushed for 221. All these numbers are great. Maybe I'm just biased because I love defensive football, but the Cougar defense gave up 521 yards. That's not imp- not that impressive per se. But the fact that they got five turnovers, those turnovers were key. They kept Utah State from scoring a lot, especially in the second half. half, Shut them out. Gave up two touchdowns, one in the first and one in the second quarters. But five turnovers. I thought, now this is a little bit pessimistic, but as Kalani Stocky's doing the walk-off interview with Mitchell Juergens at halftime, he says, we've got three turnovers. I want more. I want more havoc in the second half. I'm like... Wow, what are you asking from your defense? Three turnovers in a game is an impressive number. But Kalani was greedy. He wanted more, and his defense gave him more twice in the second half as it looked like Utah State was driving. The BYU defense shuts the door on the Aggies with some turnovers. Great job by the defense in coming up and creating havoc plays, and so that was impressive. And and the second-half adjustments for BYU, defensively and offensively, to come out and score another 21 points in the second half, Uh, not to get outscored and outplayed in the fourth quarter, as they have done to this point of the season. And and offensively, just doing a great job. It just really shut the door on the Aggies and didn't let up. That was fantastic. This is... This is a momentum-building game. It started with Boise State. That was a big game, a big-time win, top 25 team against Boise State. You get the victory. All of a sudden, a paradigm shift started to come amongst BYU fans and players and coaches. All of a sudden, this season could turn, but you had to follow that up, and you did today in Logan for the BYU Cougars. You get two in a row. You've now won, you won two of your three games against rivals this season. That counts for a lot. You get back to five hundred at four and four on the season. That counts for a lot. You're coming into a stretch worth of three games. You're going to be favored in all all of these next three games, and you should be big favorites. So you you could be turning around and looking at a five game win streak as you're heading into the final game against San Diego State. So this this was a, a linchpin game for the season for the BYU Cougars. And they showed up and they got the job done. 42 14, the final of the game. Let's get out to Twitter. Some people tweeting in. This one I liked from John Higley, who tweeted in right after the game. Just short and sweet. Good guys wear white. the Cougars run all whites at, at Maverick Stadium tonight in Logan. Uh this one came in from Brian Blanch. Pretty good adjustments on defense in the second half. Tonight felt like the BYU of old. 500 plus yards offense exclamation point. Solid defense on the run. Five players with 10 plus TD rushes. Six players with 20 plus yards reception. Very fun night of BYU football. Fans needed this game. I think more than the fans needed the game. I think the team needed this game because now like I said, you got you got something going here. You've two in a row. Two in a row where you looked really good. Two in a row where you dominated the game outside the fourth quarter against Boise. That's two two games in a row where you really dominated the game, dominated the opponent, uh, the opponent, and played well. I think just as much as fans needed this for BYU Cougars, the team and the players did it. Now they're going to be riding high on confidence. Now the key is not now the key is not to have a letdown next week against Liberty, who might be a sneaky good? Question mark. We'll talk about that coming up in just a minute. Hey, remember fans. When the Cougars win, you win. Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo BYU50 at papajohns.com this coming Monday and Tuesday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location. I know my son's excited because anytime you get free or half price pizza, he's all about it. Coming up, we'll update you to the day in college football scores. Cougar Post Game Live continues on the new Skin BYU Sports Network. <laughs>
0: This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley.
3: Welcome back to our BYU radio studios. We just listened to the BYU Cougars beat the Utah State Aggies 42-14. Now back to Logan where the head coach, Kalani Sataki, is addressing the media.
4: Um, but I think the goal was, uh, I mean, we'll tell you now, we were going to play both of them anyways. And that one kind of forced our hand. And we'll still kind of evaluate it and see what happens after. How's feel? Good. Yeah, Dying's good. Good. And- we got some young guys that, that were able to rotate in there, but Dine's good to go. How
5: what does this win mean
6: to you for your
4: offense? What was that? How big of a breakthrough is this for your offense? Well, oh, we'll see. we got to just keep building on it. I mean, we had a fumble in the red zone that I didn't like. you know. And um, But I like the way our, our aggressive nature. I like the way they're blocking. Has some new bodies on in there. And I thought uh, Lopini and Siona did a great job running the, the ball.
0: Yeah, I that opportunistic defense? Gave up a lot of yards, but five
4: you really kept it you know, we obviously uh, we played a little bit different, unique defense tonight, and um, I don't know if it caught uh, Utah State off guard, but I like the, the fact that we made them earn it. And points is all I care about, so I'll take all those yards if they only get 14 points.
3: What does the win mean to you coming in a rivalry game?
4: I'm just happy for the players and the fans. So, so that's the guys worked hard, and I'm glad they, they earned the win. So yeah. nothing, uh, nothing other than I'm a fan myself, and. Uh, like I said before, I just have the best seat in the house.
5: Did Jared suffer his injury in that touchdown run, that 7
4: You know, I don't know. I, I, I'll do kind of review it and see. Um, I don't know. So.
5: Like it might have been a helmet-to-helmet helmet not called.
4: You really? Yeah. Someone should have told me I ought know, to take a timeout or asked the refs. But I don't know. I, I thought uh, it's, a, it's a violent game, and unfortunate part of it is sometimes injuries. And so we'll see how he progresses right now. and I just wanted to be healthy. That's the main thing.
3: Baylor was, Baylor was able to come in in the second half and
0: engineer two straight. Sorry, I, I, I drives. Can drives mm-hmm. coming about his play. Please start yeah,
4: he, it's what he's been doing. You know, he, I think he, uh, offensively, our guys are starting starting to be, have a lot more confidence in themselves. And um, you know, we, I think he executed the plays well. Well, but I also like the way our O line protected him. You know, so I thought it was a good team effort. And offensively, all the guys did well. The screen plays are really nice because. Uh, one thing that people don't talk about is the blocks downfield from the receivers, and that helps bring a lot of first down on, on, on a lot of big plays on the screen plays and everything that we had. Plus, it took some shots, and it was successful there too. Yeah, last week we had the uh, last game we had first brother brother interception, and uh, we'll just keep recruiting more brothers and see what happens.
3: How <laughs> proud are you of
6: this team right now?
4: What's that? How proud are you? Oh, I'm just really happy for them. And these guys work really hard and, you know, they, they believe in each other. And so uh, we'll just keep that culture going about loving and learning. And I just, I've been really impressed with how these guys just, they come to work every Monday where they're ready to go. What
3: was the exchange like with you and Gary?
4: After? That's my guy, you know. So um, we told each other that we loved each other and um, good game, you know, but I'll be uh, texting him again, um, you know, probably tomorrow. And it's like the relationship I have with, with Gary and Kyle, a lot of people in the state that are coaching at other places I value, and so it's really important to me that that uh, he knows that I love him.
5: You have you ever been, been around to put a, put a linebacker any... group that got more interceptions than this one does?
4: Um, no, but I mean these guys are all young too, so I think uh, I think they all return next year. That's a good sign. You
7: guys
0: haven't been unable to put up any points in the Sorry fourth though. quarter since USC? Um, and then tonight you were finally able to, to break that through. You had been outscored, I think, 69 to 22 in the fourth quarter throughout the season. What
4: contributed to finally being able to finish strong? <laughs> I don't know. i they got to evaluate a little bit more. I mean, I, I think you give credit to the player, the teams that we played against, and made some plays, more plays than we did. And um, we had some things work out for us. And I think uh, offensively, if you're thinking about it, um, we were able to establish a run presence. And that helps us keep keep teams on on their heels a little bit. And, um, we were able to, you know, I think we were able to do whatever we wanted offensively. And then defensively, we, we were able to tackle well. Last year, we didn't tackle these guys as well as we should have. And I, I mean, there's things that I think we can improve on defensively. I, there, are, there are a lot of big plays that we gave up. But I thought, for the most part, as the game went on, our guys got stronger, especially the three man rush that we had.
3: What changes specifically
4: did you make with this new defense? I, I, the defense has been working hard. Coach Tuyaki and Ed Lamb, General Guilford, and Preston Hadley's done. They've done an amazing job getting these guys ready, and the, the players believe in what, what they put in front of them. And away we go. That's it. Congrats, coach. All right. Next time, let's dim Hi, the lights. <laughs> I look better in the dark. Yeah.
3: There you go, Kalani Sitaki talking post game to the media at Maverick Stadium. We'll go back up there for more from players here in just a moment. But you, you know what, Kalani Sitaki plays a really good, humble saying that. Hey, this uh, he's happy for the players. He's happy for this. I'll tell you what he's ecstatic he's ecstatic this i think this win means a lot to kalani sataki the way that the defense played the changes they've made in that defense in the last couple of weeks to see that come to fruition you heard him say i don't really care about the the yards the points is what matter and on top of that is the havoc that the defense has contributed to the games over the last couple of weeks the five turnovers tonight against utah state impressive making key stops when they needed forcing Utah State to three and outs just being able to do th- step after step after step that's required for this defense to be able to help the offense win games and they're able to do it tonight I think that on top of being able to beat two of the three rivals this year uh, I think that means a lot to Kalani Sataki. he can come out and say hey this is all for the fans it's all for the players it's a, it, it's a big piece for him, and I think this, this win does mean a lot for Kalani Sataki. Coming back up on the other side, we'll go back up to uh, Maverick Stadium. Here's some for more players. We'll check some scoreboards and give you some final thoughts. We'll have more Cougar Post game live coming up after this on the new and BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's rejoin Ben Bagley for more Cougar post-game live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
3: The Cougars get the 42-14 victory over Utah State. Let's go back up to Logan where Isaiah is addressing the media.
4: Chance and so to, to get him in the first half, uh, it really just
2: is a, a big boost for us. So you know, big big credit to all those guys who, who made plays. And I was hoping to get a touchdown down here. It's the only thing I need is, is points, you know, on the stat sheet. So.
8: Hopefully, hopefully, one of these games I'll get some points. Brothers had the interceptions, uh, uh, yeah. The
3: Romney boys touched their yeah. Players, yeah. Touched
8: their catch. Yeah. BYU is just a family affair. I mean, we, you know, we're all about
6: families. We love families, and uh, you know, proud of the, Proud of the Romney brothers. That's cool for them. You know, it's it's fun for me and Jax as well to have the, the two picks last week, and it's it's just fun.
3: Thanks,
4: Isaiah. Thank Thanks you, guys. So I'm gonna go get warm now.
3: There you go. Real quick comments from Isaiah Cafusi at Maverick Stadium. As we wrap things up, just one final score I want to give, keep, keep you abreast of. Uh, about three minutes and 56 seconds left in the game. Number 21, Boise State up 45-40 on San Jose State. The Spartans have the ball and are driving inside of Boise territory. So that's a close one uh, as Boise State and San Jose State just five points separate. Then that's going to wrap things up for the Cougar Post game live show. Your final score, BYU victors, 42-14 over the Utah State Aggies. The old wagon wheels coming back to Provo. The Cougar locker room shows up next on the new skin BYU Sports Network.
0: Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mobetta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars,
1: Greg Rubel. Back here at Maverick Stadium, we believe quarterback Baylor Romney was chatting with the press. He's already wrapped. So, uh, a man or, a is few Baylor, words. or is Baylor Romney down there? Mitchell Juergens? Either way, I, I thought we had someone at the locker room speaking live right now. That may not be ba- the case. Baylor
7: Romney just wrapped. We're, we're getting Lopini Katoa right now.
1: I got you. All right, that's Mitchell Juergens down in the Cougar locker room area, and here's Lopini Katoa.
6: You want him up a little bit closer? Oh. Thank you.
5: That screenplay went, killed him all night long. What was the secret behind it?
8: Uh, I don't know. Just just good execution, good play calling, and, uh, it was there, so we kept kept running it and uh, just ran behind the big boys who, who got out in front of me.
5: How much fun was it to put up 42 points, 639 yards, total yards? I mean, that's the offensive breakout game you guys haven't been able to have yet this year.
8: Yeah, it feels good. Uh, those are our true colors, really. Like We know we could do that week in and week out. And so the fact that we came and put it together today was, was huge for us.
5: What did you do differently in the red zone where you were able to score?
8: Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I feel like just the passion we had. Um, really you know helped out in the red zone just the, the desire to to score to to make plays it shows in the red zone
5: what's it like having these quarterbacks because you played with zach now jaron started the game baylor you know closed out in the second half it doesn't seem to matter
8: yeah definitely i don't i don't it doesn't matter who's who's back there i don't have to look really like it just feels the same we don't skip a beat they're all ready and it just goes to show like they prepare really hard um coach roger gets them ready and so it shows on the field
0: you guys do a really good job of keeping it week to week, but is it ever incredible to you how much you guys can cram into a single season emotionally? Oh man,
8: it's a, it's a roller coaster, but hopefully it's just going up from here.
5: Talk about the importance of those turnovers in the first half, because Utah State had some momentum, mm-hmm. driving, and the defense put you guys into some good positions by, by forcing those turnovers.
8: Those are huge. Just the momentum shift and the short field that it creates a lot of the time is, is huge, and. Um, it was good that we were able to capitalize on a lot of those. And so that made a huge difference in the game.
5: It was pretty fun, uh, did you hear it from the wagon wheel? How
3: much fun did you have with that
8: wagon wheel? Oh, man, it's really it, it's awesome to be able to bring that back home and bring it home to stay. Uh, hopefully, we'll keep that there in Provo.
5: You got the big screen pass where you got caught at the end. And then you were able to come back in and score. Yeah. Just kind of a reward at that point to be able to get back yeah. in the end zone after that. Yeah, I
8: was definitely begging to get back in. You know, like. Like you brought up, I got caught, and that's never a good feeling, but uh, it just felt good to, to be able to put the game away.
0: It's come up a couple times this season how much you guys love Kalani and how hard you play for him. Can you just elaborate on that one more time, just a guy that everybody seems to admire and, and, and adore?
8: Uh, just the passion he has, uh, the desire he has to win and to take care of, you know to treat it like a family. It feels like a family here at BYU. And, just the fact that we're able to, you know, feed off of his passion and, and play with that on the field has been has been great.
0: Without him, what do you think would happen? Would you, be, you guys be able to hold it together?
8: Uh yeah, I like to like to think so for sure. But he's a big part of, you know, of who we are. Um, I know I, I love playing for Coach Satake. I know he will have my back, and, and that he's going to bring us, you know, get us ready, get us energized for whatever we need.
5: Was it weird to have the end of the game where the outcome was in your favor and you could just sit on the sidelines and watch the last few minutes?
8: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, we've kept a lot of our wins close, um, so it was nice to, to show that we can put it away.
1: Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Pini. All right, that's Lupini Katoa. The Cougar Locker Room Show will continue. As I tell you, the title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. More from Logan coming up. BYU 42, Utah State 14, our final on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Well, the first half belonged to Jaron Hall, the second half to Baylor Romney, and the game to BYU. Welcome back to Maverick Stadium here in Logan. Cougars 42, Aggies 14. Baylor Romney joining us now on the headset outside the BYU locker room. I know it's cold. He's put up a big sweat. It's got to be brutal down there. Baylor, thanks for taking a minute. We appreciate it. Of course. Okay, so at what point in the game did you know it was going to be your game all of a sudden?
6: Uh, right before half, uh, Coach Grimes came up to me and asked me if I was ready, and I told him I was ready to go. So, um, you know, I knew the second half I'd be playing.
1: So the only thing you had to do at the end of the first half was take a knee and then get figured out, right? That's right. So what was halftime like for you and the coaches?
6: Um, really just getting my mind right. Um, I mean, I, I was prepared to go in this game, and so at halftime I just really took the time to focus in and um, – I knew that we had to put up some points to win this
1: game. Greg Grubel up here in the booth with former Cougar quarterback Riley Nelson. Riley, take it away.
2: Baylor, I am so impressed by your decisiveness uh, in the pocket. Your snap to release is, for a guy who's had so few reps, is really a sight to see. Can you speak to how you prepare so well? Because people maybe don't realize that frustrates defensive lines because they can't ever get there and touch you. They they hardly even get to hurry you. And, of course, uh, it barely gives, you know, when you're facing a zone coverage, a chance to set up because the ball's already out and in the air, you know, before your yeah. receiver's breaking. So is that something that you practice practiced from a young age or something that you've picked up as you've worked on your game this season?
6: Uh, I mean, it's definitely something that I've been working on since I started playing football. I know quarterback has to be decisive. And know whether I'm taking reps in practice or just getting mental reps, I always try to go through decisions in my head. And that's really helped me to figure out what receivers is going to be open on the field and how to make the quickest decisions.
2: You know, we as quarterbacks, we get a lot of the praise and a lot of the blame, but we're really a reflection of the other 10 guys around us. What can you say about, you know, now in the Boise game and the second half of this game about those 10 guys and, and the plays that they've been able to make and how they've supported you as a quarterback who's come in there without a lot of practice time?
6: And I mean, it's incredible how much the, the guys on the field support me and on it, like, it's, up, it's them. They're making the plays. They're the ones that are running the ball, catching the ball. And all I have to do is get it in their hands.
1: BYU's last touchdown drive tonight, uh, Baylor, is as long as you can officially go in college football or any kind of football. <laughs> Ten plays, 99 yards. That drive begins at your one. There's a roughing the kicker play in there to start it out. But, man, once you guys got going, you were gone. And Lopini Katoa, huge on that 77-yard 70 si- 70 catch and run. How did you see that play?
6: Um, I mean, I saw pressure coming, and we had a screenplay called, so I was really just trying to draw the blitz as close as I could and get him the ball, and I knew he could get a big play out of it.
1: What can you say about the quarterback room? We've now seen Zach Wilson play and win. Jaron Hall play, you play and get wins. It's a good group, isn't it?
6: Yeah, great group of guys. Um, you know, everybody can play at this level, and it's just fun to be around them all day.
1: So where can you guys go from here as a team we're talking about? Back-to-back wins now. It's a back-to-back rivalry wins, if you will. Where are you guys going to go, do you think?
6: Uh, really, we just need to take it one week at a time and one practice at a time and focus on our next opponent um, and just execute the way we've been executing.
1: Last thing for you, Baylor, for me, and then we'll let you go warm up. Uh, it seems like uh, like you run pretty cool, like like you're a pretty mellow dude. Uh, <laughs> what gets you really fired up? Like what's What gets you a little out of control for you?
6: Uh, there's <laughs> not too many things that do that. Honestly, I can't remember the last time I was real <laughs> fired up about something. I try to stay level-headed as much as I possibly can
1: it's working really well uh, for you and the team. Great work tonight and the guys. Thanks for your time, Baylor. Thank you. Oh, one last thing. Do you mind if we ask you about throwing a touchdown pass to Gunner, what that was like?
6: Um, <laughs> as soon as the play call came in, I knew it was going to be a touchdown, but I wasn't sure who the outside receiver was until, really? until I sent the receiver in motion and I saw it was Gunner, and I knew it was going to be a special moment.
1: Well, BYU said it was the first brother-to-brother touchdown in Cougar football history, we think, so that's, that's, that's something else. Way to go thank you thanks a lot Baylor that's Baylor Romney we'll take a break more of the Cougar locker room show next here on the new skin BYU sports network
0: this is the Cougar locker room show on the new skin BYU sports network now back to the voice of the Cougars Greg Rubel
1: well they're all all kinds of quarterbacks Riley Nelson more, more than anything, you want a, a quarterback who can who can make your plays, right? You want you want a playmaker. That's what Baylor Romney's been. Doesn't have to be necessarily uh, rah rah, go crazy, go nuts. That's not his style. He told us that. That's not really who he is. Who he is is a really effective quarterback.
2: No question. You look at personalities. Joe uh, Steve Young talks about this. Uh, I've had this conversation with him before. Him, who's a very intelligent, analytical, loves talking, loves firing the guys up, loves engaging. Versus Joe Montana, who. You know, it's like you're tapping on his helmet. It's like, hey, Joe, we got a game today. Are you ready? And uh, obviously they both won uh, Super Bowls for the 49ers and are both Hall of Fame players. So glad that Baylor is true to who he is and he's not trying to be someone else. And obviously him staying true to himself is working because his production on the field is something to see.
1: Down to the Cougar locker room area, a short conversation now with Devin Kofusi, fumble recovery and quarterback hurry on a stat line tonight. Devin, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Hey, thank you for coming on. Uh, I, I know it's cold and you want to try and get warm as soon as you can, but I bet you for a lot of this game, the temperature was the last thing from your mind. You guys were on a roll defensively, takeaway after takeaway, big night.
9: Yeah, very very big night. Um, we as a defense, we, we love playing in the cold. And uh, coming off that bye week, we really just prepped. We were prepping outside. Understanding how um, we're going to use that as our advantage and just really having that, that mindset in the defense that anytime, anywhere, anyone, um, we want to come out and play our game. And uh, tonight it showed with all the turnovers
2: and takeaways. Devin, what was the game plan? You guys frustrated. I mean, Jordan Love, he, he had his yards, but ultimately three interceptions and not really being able to produce in big spots. What was your game plan against a player that's you know been talked about a lot as far as having next level potential?
9: Um, I mean, offensively, their scheme. Uh, we liked the matchup we had, um, especially, um, in the linebacker room, being able to, um, to, uh, ha- have the have the scheme and play calls, um, end up where we needed to be. Um, credit to Jordan, uh, on some of those big plays. He he's gonna quarterback to even though we did our best to make the window small. And to uh, to take it away on, on some of those seams, him just being um, the great quarterback he is was able to just still capitalize in, in those small windows in, the, in his passing game. We knew that. Uh, with that being said, we knew we were, we just uh, had the right idea. We just needed to tighten up a bit, get more depth, and uh, we were able to to fix that and come away with some takeaways. But he for sure was uh, uh, still throwing
2: those slants and, and th- throwing those seam balls. And uh, yeah credit to him and his offense uh, Devin a lot more three-man front than we saw last week against Boise which was more front. and and it was still a mix tonight but the gr- the incredible thing that we didn't see uh, earlier on in the season was a lot of pressure and a lot of havoc being wreaked out of that three-man front so talk a little bit about those guys and, and the effort they put forth tonight oh amazing effort um
9: me personally going back and forth between uh, linebackers in the d-line room um the whole whole D line understanding this defense, uh, mostly running three man, especially with the offensive scheme that Utah State had. Um, just really, all those guys are, are dogs or warriors. Understanding, you know, double team um, almost every play with a three man rush, uh, just to have relentless motors and just just to make a difference. And it definitely makes a difference when you can get pressure as a three man uh, and being being able to get the ball out quicker or to rattle the quarterback. And so. Uh, it all starts up front in the trenches for sure. Me seeing it at a linebacker position, it's it's incredible seeing our our D line with the three man front just work and work and work and work.
1: Devin, I have to ask you, what are you, defensive lineman or linebacker?
9: Oh, it, I don't know. We'll see coming Liberty. Uh, I don't know much about their scheme, but uh, I'll find out and see what room I gotta go watch film and get coached up to this week. But that's great. Uh, it, it's been it's been great. Um, just being able to um, uh, go back and forth, uh, it's helped me a lot understand uh, the defense um, and, and just better me uh, as a player personally. Uh, it's, it's, it's got its learning curve for sure, but uh, the coaches are great on being patient with me and helping me
1: along. So then I'll ask you as a linebacker for our final question. When you see that BYU has 12 interceptions on the year and 10 of them are from linebackers, what do you think?
9: oh incredible <laughs> we, we we love it as linebackers um, understanding um, and that's really how it should be when we're dropping uh, eight guys and rushing with three um any tip balls or overthrows uh, we gotta come down from having that many guys back there and so if it 's in the air for a while or or um, a broken up pass flowing in the air uh, we gotta have that and so it's uh, we, we we love that and uh it's not just the linebackers it's the whole defense uh doing their job and and, and trusting it and having fun with it when we get those takeaways.
1: Okay, the last, last thing would be, now that you're 4-4, four and four, what do you see for this team the rest of the way?
9: Um, really riding this, the wave off Boise State and Utah State. We just want to keep riding this wave and, uh, and, and uh, finish out the season strong, especially going back home for, for two games. Uh, we'd love to get in front of our home, home crowd and, and win and be able to capitalize the rest of the season and
1: be able to win out. Devin, thanks for your time tonight. Great work. Thank you so much. All right, Devin Kafusi, more of the Cougar Locker Room Show next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: All right, uh, back here at uh, Maverick Stadium in Logan, Utah. BYU is a winner over Utah State, forty-two to fourteen. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake coming up with Riley Nelson and me momentarily. First up, some post-game comments from Utah State coach Gary Anderson. A short time ago.
10: Uh, first of all, BYU outplayed us. They deserved to win. They did. Um, so, you know, congratulations to them. Um, other than that, you can ask all the questions you want to say. We got outplayed. And uh, we're going to come back fighting. we got some opportunities to do some things as a football team. And we're going to learn from it, and away we go. So I'll take your questions. It seemed like you had, so, you had some sort of momentum at the end of the first half. You scored that touchdown in the second
5: half, and it all went away. Was there anything that you could point to why that happened?
10: Turnovers and bad tackling.
4: I know these last two games you've had some
5: less than still
10: our defensive performances, a lot of rushing yards against the Air Force, a lot of passing yards tonight. There, what's kinda of going on with the defense in the last couple of weeks? It's a good question. Um, you know we uh Air Force is a little bit of its own animal. Um, did not play well and tonight we had our opportunities to, to play well. We had our opportunities to get out of numerous thirds down third downs. Um, and I just say it again, you know, tackling. So that's and that's that's on us coaches. we need to teach them to tackle better, obviously, we need to focus on it on practice, I suppose, and whatever it may be, but you know there will be they'll be a prideful group, and they'll have to bounce back and um see what they can be able to get done. you know it was uh you know, woody Woody's a big part of that defense. It wasn't good to have him out there today, so I wish he would have been there, but uh he could have made a bit of a difference, but he's not going to go win in the football game for us either, so the defensive guy's got a young, young player's got to step up and make plays.
1: All right, that's a little bit with Gary Anderson. A lot more with Kalani Zitake is right after the break here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: BYU 42 and Utah State 14, tonight's final score. BYU ends that little two-game run of Utah State over the Cougars. And uh, BYUs now 3-2 uh, and two in the last five against Utah State. Of course, a much more dominant, longer historical streak. But for now, BYU takes repossession of the wagon wheel. Head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake, now joining us from the Cougar locker room area on this very cool night here in Logan. Kalani, congratulations on another rivalry win
4: thanks guys. It was a lot of fun. Just happy that the players you know all the hard work paid off and made a lot of guys contribute to this win I'm just happy that our coaches and our our players really happy for our fans and uh, you know we had a lot of fans show up at this game, and so um, just uh, just wanted to let them know how much I th- how thankful I am to them as they head home uh, tonight. so um, just happy for our fans that saw it on TV too. It was a lot of fun.
1: What does it mean to you to have your team uh, four and four after a rough patch that dropped you to two and four a few weeks ago?
4: You know, I, I just we're just going through it week to week and game to game. And, and right now I like the momentum that we've created for ourselves uh, from from this game, you know, and the preparation these guys put together. And uh, just like the the way our guys played, fu- fundamentally we played much better football, um, you know, meaning that we, we tackled better, we blocked better, um, we had better assignments. And so I, I was really pleased with, with that part of the game. And that's a huge compliment to their coaches and, and the preparation that our players pr- brought to this game. It was a lot of fun.
1: You hoped at halftime that uh, Jaron Hall's departure wouldn't be that big of a deal. It was big enough to keep him out of the game the rest of the way and so you had to go back to Baylor Romney who's now helped to beat ranked Boise State and had a great second half in helping you hold off Utah State. So we can clearly conclude that your quarterback position's in pretty good shape.
4: Yeah, I, I mean I've been really happy with them, uh, the whole group, you know, and uh, like I said, I, thought, I think uh, I mentioned earlier that A-Rod's done an amazing job with that quarterback position and um, I, I like the fact that they're getting the mentoring. I mean, Jaron was still involved on the sideline, and Zach was here tonight, so we had a lot of guys um, contributing and helping, and, and it wasn't just all the guys on the field, it was the guys that, that really worked together as a unit. And uh, Coach Grimes and a have done an amazing job getting that position group and, and you know playing to their strengths. Kalani,
2: switching over to the other side of the ball, 12 interceptions on the year as a defense, 10 of them by your linebackers, which is astounding, and I I want to ask you about a specific technique, because they got both the interceptions, the one was by Bo Tanner, but both your linebackers were able to sink underneath seam routes, which that is right in the quarterback's line of sight, it's not often that the underneath linebacker picks off a seam throw, but it's happened multiple times over the course of the season so it's got to be you know you have got to be teaching these guys something or feeding them something how have they been able to be so productive where other linebacking cores uh, can't produce turnovers in those same situations
4: well I think the the, the players work really hard at, at defending those seam routes and when we're looking at different schemes that we're trying to run uh, they know where the weaknesses are and these guys study film and they understand tendencies but more than anything, I, the fundamental part of them—if you look at the the catches that they made—they had to jump up in the air pretty high. And the reason why most linebackers aren't able to make that play is they're not in great football position. And our our, our linebackers are in great position. Ed Lamb's done an amazing job with them, and and uh, being able to uh, to jump up in the air and 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 really get those picks. You know, the, a lot of a lot of quarterbacks attack the seam routes, because they can think they can throw it over the linebackers' heads, and our guys, most linebackers can't sky up like our guys do, and because they're usually backpedaling or dropping, and they're not in a good position to do it, and and the, our guys are just really smart. They understand the game, you know, and they understand the whole game plan. We shared the whole entire game plan with the defense going into this game that, that I thought was important that they knew why we were doing certain things, and they bought into it, and they were coming off the sideline telling us what they wanted to see and things that they wanted to make make happen, and... We had some great uh, adjustments that we did at, at, at halftime, you know. And there's a lot of I- intricate parts of the of the, uh, of the of the game plan that that it took all the assistance. You know, General Guilford had an amazing adjustment that we we executed from uh, from halftime. And it's something that we installed, but it's something that we were able to draw back from in prepping these guys all the way from fall camp. And so we've established a great foundation, and it's important now that we build on it and demand more from these guys because they they can do it, you know. And uh, a lot of people say you're. Your linebackers shouldn't be getting those seams. Well, we're going to keep doing it until someone proves that we can't. You know, and that—that's. But the uh, those guys have done an amazing job. We used a lot of linebackers, and they—they all come back next year. So I'm excited about it. Coach, how big was it to shut
2: out this Utah State team in the second half after 3 weeks of giving up leads in the fourth quarter Toledo's USF and then, you know, Boise State outscoring 15 to nothing in the fourth quarter of last where they had their chances, right? The muffed punt returned over, yet Austin offenses comes in, forces a fumble, you get the ball right back to hold that second half shutout and uh, put an exclamation point on on this team. How big was that for you guys?
4: Yeah, it was it was really big for us and and that's why we took the timeouts. We wanted to make sure that our guys, you know, if they're going to throw the ball, then I'm going to make sure that our defense is in a good position to to at least be, um, be no, not be tired and, and ex- execute the defense that we're going to call. And, and so, um, you know, it was important that we get that stop. And, and even on the, I, I've been impressed with the defense. If you if you watch earlier, we our first turnover was in the red zone. And once it happened, all 11 guys were on the field. It went to TV timeout. But all our guys, their their response is amazing, which means like this is is an opportunity for them to go and make a play and and get it back, you know, and I love that mentality. And that's a huge, huge, you know, just a compliment to our leadership on our team and and the guys just believing in each other and getting getting each other's backs, you know. So uh, we talked about being aggressive on offense and defense, and sometimes that happens. You're going to get some turnovers, and defense is going to have to find a way to get on the field and get it back. these guys believe in each other and they made it work and i was just really really happy for them and, and i'm just pleased to be their coach and, and honored that i get to see them work like this
1: as we head to break i'll throw a couple numbers at you and then we'll uh we'll step away for a second so utah state had won 10 straight home games and in an, all 10 of those games they would scored at least 34 points they scored 10, 14 tonight and all 10 of those in in five of those 10 games they'd scored 60 or more points they were at 14 again tonight and in all those 10 wins they won by double digits they lose by 28 tonight you did something that that a really good football team doesn't see done against it too often
4: yeah and i thought i thought uh their quarterback is he you know we did a lot of things to try to take away his first look and um you know he did some really good things tonight that that uh that you know made us pay a little bit and we had to really reel back a little bit but I thought it was important to get to them and 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 we knew going into the game that eventually we could wear them down if you're looking at i don't know how many plays they had on offense but it was well in the 80s i think maybe 89 or so and you can get 14 points that's all that matters you know and and i don't really care how many yards they get if they if they run 80 80 to 90 plays so uh points is all that matters and that's what the focus on the game plan was going to be this week and I'm just glad that our guys were able to execute that in the second half.
1: They snapped 82, you snapped 75, but BYU averaged, this is a big number, 8.5 yards per play on the night to Utah State, 6.4. Kalani Sitake with us, and some closing comments from the coach coming up next here from Logan on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're listening to the Cougar postgame coaches show on the new skin BYU sports network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Back at uh, Maverick Stadium in Logan, it was a sellout tonight, 25,000 and change. BYU comes away a winner, 42-14 to 14 to improve to 4-4 four and four on the year. Utah State falls to 4-4 four and four on the year. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake joining us from the Cougar locker room area on this uh, very cold night. Uh, too early to say what the expectations are uh, for Jaron Hall and what we might look for next week or weeks ahead with your quarterback spot, Kalani?
4: yeah I think I think um you know right now uh looking at, at Zach, he's able to do a lot more things than he did last week, and so we'll see what happens in the next little bit i mean it really goes day to day for him and then Jaron, we we're gonna we're gonna just listen to our medical staff and then go off of them you know it's important that that we keep him healthy and um so we'll see how that goes i I actually thought that he was gonna be able to come back in the game, but didn't pass protocol, and um that's okay we're we're gonna always err on the side of safety for our players.
1: BYU's uh, Lopini Katoa ends up as the leading receiver. Not every game that a running back uh, ends up with the most yards and by a bundle. He goes four for a buck 29 tonight. The big play that 77 yarder that set him up uh, for his own touchdown run a couple of plays later. Lopini played very very well this evening.
4: He did and you know it kind of felt like a uh, like a flashback type of game when you're used to seeing guys like Matt Bellini make those Mm. plays you know and I think um being able to utilize the the running back as a receiver is a big plus for us when you have guys like you now and Lopini Cato and uh you know they have a great they do a great job of just feeling plays out and they catch the ball really well, so um you know the more we can utilize all our weapons the better and it just happened that our running back was able to get more yards this game you know and, and might be a tight end was tied in last week and um just got to keep it rolling i think it's important that we use all the weapons and i love what our offense staff has done
1: and i love the way sion is running right now 15 carries to lead your team tonight for 72 yards a long of 28 <laughs> he's a banger
4: he is and and got such a great feel for the game you know and uh, uh he has great uh, great athleticism in his family so you know being first cousin of jabari parker and his mom's a boha so he's got a uh, great talent on both sides and he's a tough kid, and. and uh, I was really impressed with their ball security with, with Sione Lopini, with all the amount of shots that you know, the Utah State forces a lot of turnovers, and these guys were able to hold on to the ball for the most part.
2: Kalani, talk about the boys in the trenches on both sides of the ball. The offensive line is the foundation. They were getting great push today, and I think both of the last weeks we've really seen them provide a platform on which the quarterback, running backs, and wide receivers can make a lot of game-changing plays. And then tonight, a marked difference from previous games in the season where you played a majority of a three-man front. Tonight you were able to make Jordan Love feel uncomfortable, get home twice for two sacks, uh, and really play solidly with a majority three-man front.
4: Yeah, I thought then, you know, just getting in the passing lanes for uh, Jordan Love's passing lane was able to, you know, our three-man front was able to do that, disrupt, and they knew it was going to be a battle going into this game, that we were going to require them to do this. Um, and, and, you know, we were mixing up a little bit pressures here and there, but Jordan Love's so good, he was able to sniff them out and get the ball out pretty quick and make us pay. and um, But I, I think the the further the game went on, the longer it went on, our guys got stronger and stronger. and and uh, E2 Yaki's done an amazing job getting those guys ready and you know we didn't have Zoe tonight which really hurt but I thought the other guys really stepped up we went to our depth a little bit on, on D-line those guys showed up and then you know O-line wise uh, the true freshman played at right tackle again did some good things you know and so we, we, we're, we're getting some guys back but um, got Keanu back but I think for the most part we're still starting to see a lot of these young guys really step up and make plays and I've just been really happy with them and, and the, the confidence that they're starting to get you know going into the season and especially the last couple weeks they've 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 been lacking some confidence earlier on when we played toledo in south florida and now they're starting to feel it and starting to understand the game and and meeting the demands for their coaches so it's a a lot of fun and we're getting it from all three phases but we knew going to this game o-line d-line was going to have to dominate
1: so what's this team becoming in your eyes right now kalani through eight games
4: Well, I just like the fact that these guys have so much faith in each other and and they're working really well together. The culture and the team has been all about loving each other and learning as much as we can to get better. And uh, the one thing I can say is we're getting better every week. And and the fact that we're able to do it after wins, you know, and have these guys really look at it. I mean, even tonight before I got on the headphones, the players were talking about how they wish they could have done this, wish they could have done that. And that's a really fun thing to work with when coaches aren't the ones trying to make corrections. The players are taking the initiative themselves and, And uh, when you have that going on, man, it's going to be really, really special. Our guys work really hard, study film, and they've really put in a lot of the work, and I'm so proud of our players.
1: Well, Kalani, congrats to you and the boys again. We'll see you next week.
4: Thanks, guys. Go Cougs. Thank you to all the fans. Appreciate you guys. Love you.
1: Thank you, Kalani. We'll come back with more from Logan on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation Now. BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the MoBeta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Juergens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: BYU 42, Utah State 14, Cougs improved to 500, and the Aggies dropped to 500. Time now for the Mountain America field goal recap. You're saying, hmm, there were no field goals tonight for either team, and you're right. But I will tell you that for each field goal BYU makes this year, Mountain America donates $500 to the American Red Cross. So far this season, Mountain America has donated $6,500 on 13 field goals made. Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Thank you. To MACU, Mountain America, Credit Union, and that's our field goal recap for tonight, even with no field goals. It was all touchdowns. Six for BYU and two for USU. The Cougars win it by 28, outscoring the Aggies 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter. I guess I should have made this note during the game. But you kind of alluded to it post-game, Riley. So BYU outscores the Aggies 7 nothing in the fourth quarter. Those were BYU's first fourth-quarter points in almost two months. They last scored a fourth-quarter point against USC. That was back on September 14th. We're now November 2nd. So it've been a while. And BYU used the points tonight to kind of just seal the deal. They weren't integral, but they helped BYU win big or bigger in this case 42 to 14.
2: And you mentioned this earlier in the post game, scored in every quarter. That was tremendous. And
1: first time in a long time, almost 10 games since that had happened.
2: Yeah, and what I liked is how you start the obviously I mean y- that's why scoring it every year is so important because you got to start off the game which that's they came out and marched down the field and scored a touchdown on their first drive and that was incredibly important and then jaron hall goes down and we're like man it's seven point game utah state got that backdoor touchdown at the end of the first half it's only a seven point game coming out baylor can he keep the magic going sure enough marches right down the field extends the lead to 14 right at the beginning of the half and so after doing those two things starting off the half's right they kind of had to exercise some demons in the fourth quarter by winning it and they did so seven nothing. It's showing that this team is making these incremental changes that are are building the foundation for this season and for a young core for seasons to come.
1: So so you're concerned when Jaron Hall goes out because of how he plays and the plays he makes. In the first half he had seven carries for fifty four yards and two scores and he threw the ball really well. So it's not that, you know, Baylor can't do anything clearly Baylor can do a lot of things we've seen and against Boise State against against Utah State tonight what he can do but Jaron Hall's a pretty dynamic playmaker it's why he's starting over or starting over Baylor Romney right now now Kalani allowed they were trying to get both guys in the game that might have happened either way that said you're worried because of just how dynamic Jaron Hall is now you bring in Baylor Romney who doesn't have the same maybe set of skills but did have a 10 yard run did have a pass reception ran a couple times for positive yards had a great throwing night At 10 for 16 for 191 and two scores, passer rating near 200. So, to this point, you almost, you know, not that you forget, but, you know, BYU's first stringer last played a game in September. And again, you're now in early November. BYU's found a way after a spot of trouble to right the ship and make some real definable progress to get to 4-4 and without the number one guy playing. And a lot of credit goes to those guys, the
2: next man up, very common uh, cliche or very common saying within football. So a lot of credit goes to those next men up. But also some credit goes to the staff. Which I think schematically and the approach to the offense and the aggressiveness, we've seen a marked change uh, since that South Florida game in in their ability to do that. I mean, at one point in the first half, Jaron Hall's first five completions were all over, well, were, were all over twenty yards. And you know, Talon Shumway had a great catch. Dax Millen had a great catch. Gunner Baylor comes in and completes a big play. You know, another twenty-plus yard completion to his brother Gunner and. uh A lot of credit, obviously the players execute it, but kudos to the coaches for repping those, getting the players to execute them at a high level, and having the confidence in these players to call those.
1: This is BYU Creamery slash BYU Dining, Cougar Nation now. Brought to you by BYU Dining and the BYU Creamery, giving us the inside scoop trivia question, which comes up a little later on in this portion of the program. Hashtag BYUCNN to reach us on Twitter. That is hashtag BYUCNN. The CNN for Cougar Nation now. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll see what Cougar fans are saying about this one tonight, and we'll let uh, Mitchell Juergens thaw out, and we'll get his thoughts as well. All right, BYU 42 and Utah State 14, our final. You heard it all right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Welcome back to Maverick Stadium, where it was sold out tonight to 25,000 plus, And the home fans go home unhappy for the first time in a long time. The Aggies had won uh, 10 consecutive games and all by double digits before tonight. Welcome back to Cougar Nation Now. BYU Creamery and BYU Dining Cougar Nation now hashtag BYUCNN. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens has rejoined us up here in the booth. Mitchell, haven't heard from you in a little bit. Uh, you warmed up a little bit. Uh, let's let's conditions wise, how how rough was it out there tonight?
7: You know, honestly, it was not that bad. Um, in the fourth quarter, I know you may mention a couple times that uh, the wind was picking up, and you know when uh, when it's already, I don't know what the temperature was, twenty something.
1: Got into the 20s. Still. Got
7: into the 20s. Anytime the wind starts to pick up in the 20s, it makes it feel like the teens. And, and so it got a little cold there in the fourth quarter. But honestly, this the, the conditions were perfect. Um, I, I, I kind of expected um, a very high-powered offense from both sides of the ball today, um, knowing kind of what was in store last week and, and how they wanted to, both teams wanted to get out and, and really just attack it from an offensive perspective. And um, so, the, yeah, the conditions were perfect for that, and we saw some good football.
1: Uh, heading to the uh, heading to the email and the Twitter on uh, Cougar Nation now hashtag BYUCNN and the email by the way I forgot to give that to you but the email address is Cougar Nation at BYU.edu that's Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu uh, Bryant Walker emailed in wondering what the uh, BYU record is for most yards ever gained in a single game BYU had a good yardage total tonight but it was uh, not a record setter. Uh, BYU this evening gained a total of 639 yards, and spoiler alert, it's not even close to being in BYU's top 10. BYU's had 11 games with 700 or more yards of total offense. So you've got to do a lot to get into the uh, top 10 record book in total offensive yards, and BYU's 630-plus is a far cry tonight. Uh, that said, very productive game, and the most total offense in the Kalani Sitake era for certain. You posed a question during the game, or someone did, about uh, you know does this linebackers group deserve a nickname of some kind for as many uh, INTs as they've had this year with 10 of BYU's 12. Tim in Moapa in suggesting... The Backer Breakers. You take Backbreaker, you add Backer to it, and you get the Backer Breakers as a nickname for the linebackers. He said they delivered a brutal birthday surprise, and yes, it was Jordan Love's birthday today. Unhappy birthday for Jordan Love in the 42-14 BYU win here tonight. But it is tremendous uh, what they've been producing with 10 of BYU's 12 INTs. Uh, There was a DB INT tonight, by the way. The last one was Bo Tanner, who took it almost all the way to the house, ended up on the porch tonight. But kudos to Bo for that. He did. I
2: saw a suggestion come through. Uh, sorry, I, I uh, can't give the credit. I don't remember who, but uh, they showed it to me on their cell phone earlier. And, by the way, it was me and uh, that requested a name for this special group of players who seemed to ma- be making such timely turnovers. But it was Kalani's Kleptos. Kleptomaniac, <laughs> obviously someone who's addicted to stealing things and getting those takeaways. I thought that was a cute one. But, uh, no, this linebacking core – to be able to do that, and also, you know, it, with the majority of three man front, they they have to be able to drop and make those plays in the passing game, but also be stout and uh, and and stiff in defending the run. And they're just really hitting their stride right now.
1: So uh, we have a number of tweeters who are kind of regulars on the program, and one of them is is Ben Burt, who has usually a flurry of tweets all with excellent comments. We're going to try and find a way to distill what Ben had to say. Before we get to Ben, Brian Blanch at Brian Blanche, says using hashtag BYUCNN, the team has a ton of momentum going into the last third of the season, should be highly favored in the next three games, and 7-4 and four going into San Diego State. If San Diego State continues to win... That could be a fifth top twenty-five opponent this year. Wouldn't that be wild to pick up another ranked win? Of course, a lot between now and then could happen, but they do get San Diego State to end the year, and they've looked very, very good. So, wouldn't it be something uh, from the two and four hole to be, and there's much to be done, but to to be facing the prospect of eight and four, and maybe nine and four was when was, all said and done with ranked wins, multiple ranked wins as part of the fabric of the season. You really do, and the more I discover the more I I mean the more I do this, the more I discover how true it is. As much focus um is there is on each game and how big each game appears to be in the moment, you really have to let this whole thing play out and make no judgments until you've played twelve or thirteen games. Because what we're gonna say after thirteen is gonna be a heck of a lot different from what we're gonna say after six this year. At two and four, and uh, and the season continues to play out in a positive way for BYU that way, and I'm impressed.
2: As the great Yogi Berra said, "It ain't over until it's over," and and that goes for ball games, but it also goes for seasons. Here's another little tease I'll throw out there: uh, Hawaii is winning tonight. They're well on their way to be bowl eligible, um, but they are a team in the caliber, and they are likely they are the likely opponent. Well, if you believe, you know, the majority of the bowl predictions that are out there, but
1: now technically it's supposed to be an American team against BYU or a Mountain West, depending. Of course, Hawaii could end up there, but I think the first look will be American, and if they can't fill it, then they would take the home team. Well,
2: the American Conference is on fire. You know, they have three teams with one loss in Memphis, SMU, and um, I'm blanking on the third. Oh, in Cincinnati, and uh, anyway. But you look at that matchup there, and you get a win there in a swing game, depending on who the opponent is. And you're looking at nine and four after the depths of despair that was two and four after a loss to South Florida, and really a credit to the team. Now there's a lot of work to be done between now and then, but you got to believe. At least I think Cougar Nation is out there right now, believing that that work can and will get done.
1: I'm going to uh, synthesize Ben Burt's tweets into a few comments you guys can respond to. The first one is about Coach Grimes. And the team continuing to impress with game plans for both quarterbacks, different types of quarterbacks. That's point one. Ben talks about Utah State's pace and how he was worried that BYU couldn't keep up. But coaches and made personnel changes at the right moments to stay stride for stride speaks to depth and preparation, he says. He also says, didn't notice a lot of RPO tonight. Seems to be a bit of a schematic shift for BYU. and. He notes on the three down linemen and still working, getting to Jordan Love quite a bit tonight. Thoughts on those, any or all? We'll start with Riley.
2: Yeah, uh, I'll talk about the way the defense handled the tempo, and that was being timely. Kalani mentioned it in his in the post game coaches show about that first interception coming in the in the. Uh, in the red zone, right, and being timely, and and them also the J.J. Nwigwe's force fumble on their second drive of the game. So it started off. Utah State comes out with tempo, and it's a big momentum offense. First of all, they were big on third down, right? Forced, forced a third and out on Utah State's first drive, and then they get the ball back, and they come down. They're starting to move, gain some momentum. J.J. Nwigwe strips Gerald Bright, and Devin Kafusi fumbles. That was another one. They weren't quite in the red zone, but they were knocking on the door. So one of the ways that you handle tempo is that you make timely plays against it, and the five turnovers that BYU produced tonight are evidence of that.
7: Yeah so I mean I'll, I'll comment on the um the the quarterback play and Grimes has ability to adapt the play calling and scheme to each of the you know quarterback special um, talents and I mean it's it, it's very impressive what we've seen the last two games especially Um, where, you know, Jaron Hall comes in and it's looking like, you know, if he went the distance, he could have had a career game with, you know, a potential 400-yard passing game, 100 yards on the ground. Um, Just just incredible uh, from a statistical performance, but also, you know, his ability to perform. And then he goes down, Baylor comes in and, um, you know, come, and it is. It's it's great to see them capitalizing on on what they do best. And, you know, Baylor immediately goes in and we see more of those quick decisions Throws, which is where he's so comfortable and and so poised as a quarterback at such a young age, which is so impressive. Um, with with his you know experience, limited experience on the field and. Um, I, I you know I I tip my cap to the coaches as well and, and getting these guys ready, preparing them for these big moments, and and utilizing their playbook to to the strengths of these players. And and I believe Riley said it during the broadcast today as well is you know we're we're going to give a lot of credit to these quarterbacks and their performance, but so much goes to the ten guys that are on the field with them. I feel like in these last two games, it hasn't been just the quarterbacks that are stepping up. There seems to be an intensity, an intensity, and an aggression that these players are are playing with, and it's just I mean, it goes to show what that they're playing for a lot more than just um than than just wins. They're playing for each other. They're playing for Coach Kalani, and I mean it's it's just uh, been so much fun to watch.
1: Thank you, Mitch. Last couple of comments from Ben before the break, and they're both about running backs. He talks about how uh, how excited he is to see what Sione Finau can do in years to come. He says Sione does well going through the line and making great adjustments, whereas you, uh, you Lopini Katoa, he says, seems to move really well in space. And, and so you got two different types of backs there, right, between Sione and Lopini, and both were huge in what BYU was able to do tonight in offense. Uh, BYU's total offense numbers include great nights from both of those guys. Sione Finau runs for 72. On 15 carries, no catches for Finau. Lopini Katoa runs seven times for 42 and a score, and has four grabs for a buck 29. That long play of 79. I loved a full speed rear facing stiff arm, or he puts the arm behind him to make sure he's keeping the guy at bay as he's heading down the sideline. Good stuff from Pini tonight.
2: Yeah, no question, and to have a uh, running back who can be so deadly in the run game and the pass game. I mean, it really reminds me of a of a B-White. Now, they're different body styles for sure. But Harvey Unga used to be deadly and used to rack up the yardage, catching a lot of balls out of the backfield from from Max Hall, and he would also rack it up. Now, he did it in a much more bruising way, and, and Lopini does it in a much more of a slasher, using his quicks type of way. But, and Harvey, you know, shout out to Harvey, he's actually on this coaching staff, so I'm sure he has something to do with the performance of both Sione Final and Lopini Katoa. So uh, I agree, they're both... Players with Sione, he's got his whole career in front of him. Lopini's still young. we still got a lot of football
7: left to see out of him, and it's really encouraging. Yeah, the the most impressive thing that I saw from these two backs today is Sione Finau and Lopini Katoa, their vision is incredible, and, and, and their ability to cut back, um, turn big, you know, almost no plays into seven, eight-yard plays, um, that was the thing that impressed me the most with them was their vision, their patience and when they found the hole, they seemed to just exploit that, uh, you know, little gaps here and there, and it was just very impressive with how um, mature these backs seemed to be.
1: All right, you can email us, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. You can tweet us, hashtag BYUCNN. This is BYU Dining, Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: So coming into the season, BYU had a guy with FBS reps and wins, Zach Wilson. BYU had a guy with some FBS reps and wins, Joe Critchlow. BYU had a guy who technically redshirted last year but got into a few games. It was full of potential. Is backing up Zach Wilson. That's Jaron Hall. And then Baylor Romney ends up. Be- helping to beat Boise State and helping BYU hold off Utah State tonight. And now the quarterback room looks loaded. And uh, Frank Muller, using hashtag BYUCNN, says, Baylor Romney has shown he's an asset that BYU cannot afford to lose. What will it take to get him a scholarship? And we believe that he's, for the time being, a non-scholarship player at BYU. Now, he was a signee for Nevada coming out of high school. Mission, then come to BYU. I, I- And like we-, we think he's not on scholarship currently. That may Things change in season. Sometimes they get awarded. We don't know about it, but you'd think at some point uh, that would be in his future because of how he's clearly uh, proven value to BYU. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah
2: i I don't want to think about it because it's unpleasant. But when you have guys who have film, it's so rare that three guys have three have film, good film of them that if they were to enter into a transfer portal, um, they would it would not take long. That there are colleges out there. That would love to have any one of these three guys out there starting for him, and and look, it's tough. It's not as a guy who transferred, right? I, I transferred now. the reasons that I transferred were were different, but with these guys, only that's the tough thing about quarterback is only one guy plays and uh and and this, the other thing about the nature of college football is you only have four years to play and uh it, so it's tough to spend those you know getting intermittent reps or playing behind another guy so hopefully BYU can find a way to keep all three of these but but it's a catch-22. Hopefully they can find a way to keep all three. But also hopefully we don't ha- continue to have to play three and four quarterbacks every season and we can find a guy who can get into a rhythm, stay healthy, and play all 12 games for BYU. I think that's the ultimate goal for the program. So whatever happens with these players, we hope that they continue to wear the Y on their helmet and to continue to, to produce memorable wins and throw touchdowns and do all that they've that they've done. But it'll be interesting to see how this plays out as they are a freshman, a freshman, and a sophomore.
1: Now, the outcome was good, but it's, it's weird and not in a good way that yet another game sees Utah State's quarterback go all the way and BYU's quarterback get knocked out of the game. It happens every year, it seems, now against Utah State. I believe it's now four in a row and five out of six where a second quarterback is needed to get through the game against Utah State, as was the case again tonight. Email coming in. now at BYU.edu from Steven Vincent, who says, uh, BYU stopped Utah State on fourth and one Actually, it was fourth and longer, and it was stopped at the Fourth one, and right? eight. Yeah, yep. fourth and eight. Uh, fourth and goal. Um, and it said, on an awesome goal line tackled by Austin Lee. Yes, it was. On the TV replay, he says, it appeared to me that the Aggie wide receiver's foot scraped the goal line. There's no question the ball did not cross. The play was not reviewed. Under the rules, does it only matter where the ball is, or would a foot being in the end zone be enough to score a TD? And the answer is, uh, that is true. It only matters where the ball is. The ball never broke the plane, hence even if a foot is in and the ball's out, the ball's not in, not a touchdown. So the body can be in or part of the body be in, the ball not be in, it's no score. And what a play by Austin Lee, by the way, to keep that and of grant. Others helped him by the end of it, but the first stop is a man-on-man, keep him out of the goal, keep him out of the end zone, and he did that.
7: I will say I had the best seat in the house on that play. I was actually standing on the goal line um and uh i mean just so so impressive you you come back you, you look at a play like that and there's a chance you know Utah State can score get momentum they they start doing some onside kicks get right back in that game and Austin Lee a senior we heard it in his you know post game interview this is a game that he had never won in a BYU uniform, and it showed on that play. It showed how much mm. he wanted this game, um, how much he wanted this win, and there were so many other players that contributed in amazing ways in this victory, um, but that was just a highlight of I want this more than you do, and I'm going to keep you from getting in the end zone, and he did that, and just, yeah, it was an incredible play, and I, I loved my seat that I, I had on that uh, on that play.
1: Utah State tonight gains... North of five hundred yards. What's the final total there, Riley, tonight for Utah State's total offense? Five five twenty one. Five twenty one. They do it with fourteen points. And uh coaches will always look to points before they look to yards and, and, and yet um you know, BYU in in the midst of this day ends up with five takeaways. They're one of the best takeaway teams in the country right now. And turning takeaways into points, which had earlier been a struggle, happened again tonight for BYU. A 99-yard drive, which is as long as you can get, happened tonight for BYU. It was aided by a roughing the kicker call, but it was legit. I mean, it really was lit up in the end zone, so it's part of your drive. And and I want to double-check to see how the thing ended up tonight because through most of the game, BYU had zero three and outs, and the Cougars end the game with zero three and outs. They knelt down to end the game one play, but no drives of three and punt all night tonight. That's remarkable. Utah State had a couple, only two three-and-outs. And, outs, and that, that's saying something, too. Uh, Utah State's a productive and high-tempo team, but not a single drive tonight goes three plays in punt, punt, punt for the Cougars. And so um, this offense, which has become truly a collaborative effort, Jeff Grimes, Aaron Roderick, uh, Jeff saying, uh, I've got other coordinators up there. We've got Fessy throwing a play and you got Steve Clark throwing a play And This is truly a team effort on offense right now. However it's working, it's working. Aaron up top, Jeff down low, and things are clicking right now. Fun to see.
2: Yeah, it really is, and it was necessity—or sorry, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. That Thank is you. True. Sorry, it's uh, it's we've crossed over into you know the time of night when
1: the brain is slowing down a little bit. And by the way, speaking of time of night, in forty minutes it'll be 1 a.m. again because we're we're backing up our clocks in 40 minutes.
2: Tremendous. Extra hour of sleep, (laughs) although we might not be getting much because we're celebrating this Cougar win, right? Extra hour of driving tonight. Yeah. (laughs) 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 No, but um, necessity – and the way the offense was heading where – it's not like they were completely uh, anemic, but they were – not living up to their potential and they were leaving a lot of points and a lot of opportunities out on the field left uncapitalized they have completely in two weeks reversed that trend and now now that they've kind of laid a foundation of what they know that they're good at and we already see some wrinkles right the micah simon we saw that we saw the matt bushman play last week we've seen some wrinkles thrown in i now I think what they got the confidence rolling and they have the foundation laid. They can even build on top of that, and it'll be exciting to see what comes out through the rest of the season.
7: Yeah, the only thing that I'll – well, a couple things, uh, but I'll make them quick. So the thing that stands out to me the most about uh, this game is – they scored in every quarter. BYU scored in every quarter, but they weren't field goals. They were all touchdowns. And that's been something that we've actually talked about on the broadcast so many times is how can we convert these field goals into touchdowns? And then their, their red zone scoring percentage was low anyway. Um, but I look at that and talk about progression and talk about, you know, the leaps and strides that they're making week to week. You know that, you know, every single week they go in and, and you review the film and make adjustments, and this is what they're adjusting to, and it's so great to see this on-page that they scored in every quarter, and they were all touchdowns. Um, the last thing I was going to say that slipped my mind, um, if Again, it comes the, back.
2: It's the 120 a.m. curse.
7: <laughs> if it comes back, I'll mention it. But uh, but th- that was one of the big things that stuck out to me is uh, just the consistency that we're seeing, which we had not seen in uh, previously in the season.
1: Okay. A break and into the break, uh, a friendly email from KJ Martin in McAllen, And the email states, greetings from the border. Listening in from McAllen, Texas. Love me a Cougar win, especially over Utah State. Great call in the game. Well, thank you for that. It's late here in the Central Time Zone, but thank goodness for daylight savings, says K.J. Martin, emailing us in at CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. We'll come back to Logan and bring you the Inside Scoop trivia question after this. Final score tonight is BYU 42 and Utah State 14. You heard it all right here on the new skin. BYU Sports Network
0: you're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin BYU Sports Network here's your host the voice of the Cougars Greg Rubel
1: All right, uh, we've got to get to you our inside scoop trivia question brought to you by the BYU Creamery. The classic BYU tradition, have a scoop today. BYU Creamery, BYU Dining bring you Cougar Nation Now, hashtag BYUCNN. You're going to want to use that hashtag BYUCNN or the email CougarNationNow at BYU.edu to get us the answer that you hope wins you the two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. Here we go. So BYU tonight accumulated 600 And 39 yards of total offense. The most for a game since BYU racked up 681 against Houston in 2013. In that game, BYU won 47-46. Houstonian Mitchell Juergens, you can confirm that for us, correct? Correct. 47-46. Here is your question. For two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream, in that game, Taysom Hill was phenomenal. He was incredible. Taysom Hill on the night, 29 of 44, for 417 yards and he ran 34 times for 194 yards. Again, he threw 44 times and he ran 34 times. That's insane. That's Taysom Hill for you. Now, the question becomes this. Taysom Hill in throwing for the game-winning score with 108 to go, threw to whom? Who caught the game-winning touchdown pass? in 2013 from Taysom Hill to lead the Cougars to a 47-46 victory in a game where Taysom Hill went nuts statistically, and BYU put up 681 yards of offense today, 639 the most since that game. That's the question. Who caught the game-winning touchdown from Taysom Hill to defeat Houston in that 47-46 wild, wild win back in 2013? First person to tell us the answer Will be the winner, and would it be crazy if we already have the winner? Yes, it would be. Well, we already do. Okay, and this we, get, one... we can't even draw that out. Like I have good, I have a good hint about <laughs> this guy. Oh, so you know the answer clearly? Yeah, and you had a hint as well. Well, I played
2: with him, so there's one hint. So you can kind of get a time right. He was, he, you can kind of get a time for where he stretched. He was the tail end of my career in the first part of Taysom's, and currently on the Weber State football coaching staff.
7: Can I give a hint too? I'm related.
1: Yes. This is going to be fun. Okay. Uh, sometimes the email beats the, the, the Twitter, and sometimes the Twitter beats the email. And tonight the Twitter beat the email. And we congratulate Brock Sly, at Brock Sly on Twitter, who says that the answer is Skyler Ridley. Is that right, guys? That is correct. Bingo. Ding, 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 ding. Well done. Okay. What are your recollections Brock. of Skyler Riley Nelson? And then give us the whole uh, related situation from Mitch here.
2: So, well, uh, of my time playing with him, I'll, yeah. I'll remember Skyler. Baylor said tonight he didn't know who the outside receiver was until he <laughs> sent him in motion. Yeah. Similar thing happened to me. So in 2012, first game of the season, we're playing Washington State. Cody Hoffman takes a shot to the thigh and uh, has a deep thigh bruise and heads off. Now, when you're calling, you're getting the plays from the sideline and, and all that, and you're not paying attention to the personnel that's coming in and out of the huddle. Well, we call a play, and I get out there, and I'm and I'm – Reading the defense, I'm like, ooh, I like this backside where Cody would have normally been based on the defense. But the play clock was running down, so I didn't even look. And quite honestly, it doesn't matter. If the play is designed to take advantage of the defense, it doesn't matter what personnel is in. You should be able to execute it. Anyway, sure enough, I go out. I look the safety off to the right side. Come back, and wide open in the back corner of the end zone is Skyler Ridley for the first touchdown of the 2012 season. So that's one of my fondest recollections of Skyler. Good stuff.
7: Yeah, so, so my connections actually run very strong with Skyler. Um, I married his sister. So we're brother brothers-in-law. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I a lot of who I am and what I have today I owe to Skyler because he actually was the one who gave me um, my wife's phone number. Mm-hmm. So I gave her a call, and we went out. And, um, yeah, so he's a, he's a current tight ends coach at Weber State. Um, but just an, an incredible guy. Um, I I remember the type of guy. So the type of guy Skylar was is um, when I found out he had a little sister, I knew that <laughs> that was the type of girl that I wanted to marry. If he if she was anything like Skylar was as far as character and I mean just a just an incredible person, a great football player, but even better person. So
2: a little bit of insight into. Um... The general public out there, a lot of athletes think about their offspring, right? And uh, so, in, in especially wide receivers, they're very they're very consumed with speed. Mitch Matthews is one. He, of course, he married Mark Lyons' granddaughter, married yep. Maddie Lyons, and he, in fact, just this last week was talking about on his Instagram how Maddie was the fastest girl at BYU during her time there, and how he can't wait to see what their kids run. So the question for you is, who is adding more speed to the gene pool uh, in, in this next generation? Your side, the Jergen side or the Ridley side?
7: It's a good question. Maybe me and Skyler will have to race, do a little race off. And that it. hasn't happened yet. It hasn't. Okay. We need to <laughs> dust off the old cleats and get out there.
1: Well, congratulations to Skylar Ridley for being part of our life tonight, <laughs> and uh, to Brock Sly for answering our trivia question correctly. To all those who tweeted in and/or emailed in, just seconds away from Brock's correct answer, our apologies, but thank you for participating. And by the way, on that on that uh, game winning touchdown pass from Taysom to Skylar what I think it was a back shoulder throw. Yep. Uh, to the pylon. What a great play and great grab and wild, wild night. Forty-seven, forty-six, and uh, that was when the the legend of Taysom Hill grew even larger that day. He was a he was a human bruise afterward. He was just banged up, and did everything he could to get BYU the win. That it day. took
2: BYU till game five to even surpass. You mentioned forty-four and thirty-four, so that's seventy-eight plays. BYU as a whole team didn't run that many until, I think, like the fifth or sixth game this
1: season. So I think BYU ran, I think it snapped 115 plays that day at yeah, Houston. unbelievable. Well, that's going to take us to the end of today's broadcast. Uh, thanks for being with us, folks, uh, all the way to the end here tonight. Uh, really uh, our pleasure to be sharing BYU football with you. We're happy to get back home next week for BYU and Liberty. Yeah, the Flames come in on a bit of a roll. They're scoring a lot of points. Not a great schedule right now, but a ton of confidence and some big names putting up some big numbers for that team. It'll be a 4.30 pregame and a 5.30 kick, so a shorter pregame next week because basketball precedes football. So doubleheader day with uh, with basketball and football next Saturday afternoon. We will talk to you then from Lavelle Edwards Stadium for BYU and Liberty. Let's thank our crew. Uh, Back at BYU Radio, Terry South is our coordinating producer. Tanner Rall is our studio control operator. We had intern Jeff, I believe, back at BYU Radio today, intern Jeff Carroll. Uh, Our engineer, Sean Fay. Thanks to our crew there and to the group here. That includes our engineer, Barry Squires, intern Max Clark. Our spotter today filling in for McKay Perry is uh, my buddy Jake Murphy. Back at BYU Radio, we should note, by the way, Ben Bagley was also studio hosting. Can't forget Ben. Ben had a long day. He was filling in for Jason Shepard, who was with soccer tonight. Congrats to soccer. They defeat USF in overtime tonight. So uh, Jason Shepard and Avery Walker had you covered for that on 107.9. Big sports night for us. So we had Ben back there. We had Jake Murphy here. Who else do we have? Statistician, Ralph Sokolowski, of course. And our thanks to Duff Tittle, Brett Pine, uh, Kenny Cox, And uh, Ari Fish, the uh, entire—did you say
2: intern, Max? By by the way, the Kalani's kleptos was his. That's who I got it from. Remember earlier yeah. that nickname for the linebacking core? That was the source. So credit to him.
1: Intern Max, uh, Ari Davis, and the rest of the sports information crew from BYU. Good work. Thanks for their help. Uh, to the coach Kalani. To all the players joining us post game. Much appreciation. All right. The guy to my left is Riley Nelson. The guy to my right is
7: Mitchell Jergens.
1: And my name is Greg Grubel. Thanking you for tuning in. Final score tonight: BYU 42, Utah State 14. You heard it all right here. In the meantime, and in between time. This has been BYU Football on the New Skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Logan, Utah.
0: You've been listening to live coverage of BYU Football on the New Skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried & Jensen. Siegfried & Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. BYU Football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.